Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Isn't this a sports show? Being like a sports talk radio show host used to be what I wanted to do with my life. It used to be very exciting to me. Almost entirely. I want to yell at little kids. I want to tell little kids that they suck. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. You suck. You're adopted. Uh, your mom's too hot for your dad. She's going to leave him soon. Get ready for it. Who do you like spending your weekends with better, your mom or your dad? On 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. This is a template on how to lose your show before Alex Cook loses his job. We got time. Keep up with the show on Twitter at JB Briscoe. Is there a word that means both love and hate in some way? I that the show. On ESPN Kansas City. Good news. I know this is something that you've been thinking about, wondering about. I did finally book a doctor's appointment for my allergies. I wasn't going to start the show by bringing that up. I was going to save that for a dull moment, but it currently feels like there is a pebble in my left eye. So it felt like it was impressed upon me to let you know now at the front end. Now the appointment isn't until Monday... So, you're going to get me complaining about it for a few more days. And then maybe maybe Monday I'll come in singing the praises of something. I don't know. I have no promises. But we do actually have a full slate of things to talk about today. Chiefs news. Chiefs created news. Uh, Patrick Mahomes based news. We haven't yet talked about what Ben Roethlisberger is doing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is something I'm very excited to talk about. Also, we have Max Reaper joining the show from Royals Review at 5 to talk about the Royals. We've got a, we've got a huge array of things to talk about. We're going to get to the actual news second. But first, Beard's reminded me of this existing, and so we will keep this in mind throughout today's show, that Patrick Mahomes is looking for a cool nickname. He quote tweeted a tweet from the Chiefs that has Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and Alan Bailey as Zeus, Cheetah, and the Hulk. Um, and Mahomes wants a cooler nickname. Travis Kelsey is Zeus. Yeah, he's always been Zeus. Don't ask me why. I don't know. He's Zeus. Hmm. And now I, uh, I, I do want to try to help solve this. I do want to help solve this problem that Patrick Mahomes clearly has. People have thrown around like 2 p.m. or Patty Ice. I'm not I'm not super in love with either of those. I like the Mahomies, but that that's for his his followers, obviously. That's for us. We are the Mahomies. But what is his cool nickname? This is still very much up in the air, as far as I'm concerned. And also making it like superhero based, like one of those, like like the Hulk. Not my favorite. Picking a god from cultures of the past, not my favorite. Picking an animal, not my favorite. So if you have suggestions, you can leave them in the comments. Do we have any yet, Beards? 
Uh, two so far. Okay. Uh, Wade chimed in early. Uh, he says Mega Man because of the cannon of his arm. It's pretty good. And then uh, Juan and Anita have both said patty cake. Not good. Meh. Not not good at all. Doesn't quite inspire fear. Doesn't inspire much anything other than I not other than a reaction for that being not a good nickname. It's bad. But there is, I guess, as I said, actual news. Uh, something that was also unexpected, like surprising news. The Chiefs cut Rakeem Nunez Roches. And there are a handful of things that we can get out of this and we'll get through it all. But my first thought was, was well, why? What did they gain from doing this? Nunez Rochez is a perfectly fine football player at a relative position of need for the Chiefs. Not exactly the guy that you would be rushing to release from your team. And so this made the first move of Googling it easy as did this cost the Chiefs anything to get rid of him? And it, and it didn't. Now, we'll get into the, the meat of that. But if you think it seems like they just signed Nunez Rochez like a week ago, you're right. He signed a one-year, $1.9 million deal on April 27th. Today is uh, May 8th. It's a short, that's a short amount of time to be employed by a team. And... Usually a move like that would probably demand some dead cap space, some guaranteed money lost. Not the case for the Chiefs. In fact, if that was the case, I don't think they would have released him. But because that was his restricted free agent tender, that ended up being a $2 million deal with absolutely no dead money. So the Chiefs cut ties with Raheem Lunez Rochez for no penalty and to create $2 million in cap space. If you if you still are like wait a second well why did they sign him if just they're gonna if they're gonna cut him two weeks later it's because the thing that happened between those two events was the draft the Chiefs drafted Derek Nottie days after they signed Raheem Nunez Rochez and since cutting R and R or Nacho if you will since cutting Nacho didn't create any dead cap space it kind of made sense in fact I'm guessing the Chiefs pretty much had this as a plan going into the draft. If not a definite plan, at least a very obvious option. They went into the draft with Raheem Nunez Rochez. Again, a player who I think is worth a, a, a salary around that number for an NFL team. It's fine, depending on his role. And that's, where the, that's the key word here, is the role that he would have been in. But they went into the draft and traded up for Derek Nadi after trading up for Breland Speaks. But they, they traded up for both of those guys. It's it's not like the Chiefs were caught off guard by either of them falling to them, or especially like Nadi falling to them in the third round. They signed Nunez Rochez before the draft as some insurance for if they don't get someone better, or at least as good as Nunez Rochez could be. And even if Derek Nadi isn't better on this defensive line, he is cheaper, and also he's under control for longer. Than Nunez Rochez was. He was. This was a one-year deal on the restricted free agent tender. 
So it, it makes sense that those guys basically swap roster spots. I think you would expect Derek Nani to be a better player on first and second down than Nunez Rochez. And they have him under control for longer at a lower cap number. Plus, the Chiefs gave Xavier Williams $1.6 million uh, this year and $3.4 million next year, though the, the second year could be dropped uh, for an $875,000 dead cap hit. All of that according to Over the Cap. Dot com, so the, the Chiefs invested really heavily in their interior defensive line this this uh, this off season, and they just ultimately decided that Nunez Rochez wasn't worth two million dollars to be a part of the mix down the line here or there depth rotational player, and that makes sense. Now the lack of experience that this defensive line now has is a little bit interesting. The Chiefs have an extremely young defensive line with Alan Bailey and Chris Jones being the, the only two definite contributors who are familiar with this defense. Jarvis Jenkins probably has a clearer path to making this, this team now. I do wonder what his contract situation is. I'm looking that up now. But the, the Chiefs have have some veteran presence and and system familiarity from each of their defensive ends now. And those are guys that have to stay healthy anyway. For comparison, Jarvis Jenkins this year uh, is set to make seven hundred and twenty grand. With with him as a in a vacuum, maybe the Chiefs would have preferred to keep Nunez Rochez on this roster. But also, uh, Jenkins Jenkins' money is um mostly guaranteed, although if you go to make it a post, overthecap.com is tremendous, and if you're a Chiefs fan that doesn't poke around it, I don't know what you're, you're just, you're missing out. It is the perfect, like, Madden-esque comparison to just knowing what you're talking about. Yeah, Jarvis Jenkins, his 590000 of his uh, $720,000 are guaranteed this year, so he's he wasn't even an option to move. Nunez Rochez is a guy that, that created nothing but space. And as, as far as the salary cap conversation goes, we touched on this a little bit uh, on Twitter. I did, at least after the draft, and maybe brought it up here on the show once or twice, that Daniel Sorensen, as a post-June 1st cut, could free, could free up $4.3 million for only a $1 million dead cap hit. Um, I'll, it would also give him a million dollars next year because that's how the prorated uh, signing bonus is, uh, is doled out, a million dollars each of these years. Josh, Grumpy Cat. I did forget Grumpy Cat. If you were a good producer, you would remind me before the show. Well. I would love to just start leaving Grumpy Cat on the microphone, but we're not the only ones that use this microphone. No. If you uh, are listening to this in an audio medium, as literally almost like 95% of you are, and if you're not intimately familiar with this show... I have a stuffed grumpy cat and a jester hat that hangs from my microphone, but I forgot to hang it up today. Now you know. Now you've brought been brought behind the scenes into our inside joke. You are welcome. So cutting Nunez Rochez kind of makes sense. It certainly makes sense fiscally, financially. It makes sense. But now that the Chiefs do have a little bit less talent on the defensive line 
than I would have expected that they would have wanted to have, especially after the draft came and went. I, I think the Chiefs are right to not worry too much about a $2 million defensive line rotation piece. And I, and I do think that you, you can't concern yourself with trying to find an expensive backup for Chris Jones or Allen Bailey right now. Because if those guys go down, it doesn't matter how much you've invested. It, it's not realistic to get that kind of um, to get that kind of production out of the next guy up. But it does create a little bit of a vacuum there, and we, we were talking about this in the Facebook video um, before the show today. And uh, somebody asked, and Beers, you might remember who it was that left the comment? Was it the comment about the the depth? Oh, that was Seamus during the so, so, earlier yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, that was Seamus. So, so Seamus asked before in, in that video said, "Well, how do you feel about the defensive line depth?" And I don't feel as good about it today as I would have yesterday. But I also understand why the Chiefs did this. Also, though, the Chiefs are in an interesting position because they, and really, the, I shouldn't say the Chiefs. The NFL as a whole is in an interesting place now where base defenses mean less than they've ever meant before. You don't really have a nose tackle and two defensive ends and two inside linebackers and two outside linebackers and your corners and safeties. That's not how defenses are built even the majority of the time anymore. And Nunez Rochez could have played and has played kind of across that defensive line a little bit. But first and second down in the middle of this defense is Xavier Williams and Derek Nottie. And those guys are perfect, obvious fits there. What happens on third down? Well, neither of those guys are really pass rushers. Are either of them on the field at all? If not, who do you bring in and put in the middle of the defense? I'm not going to give you all the options right now because we would literally, I would just be saying names for the next like five minutes. The things the Chiefs are going to do this year defensively, I would imagine that we are going to see the most creative version of Bob Sutton that we've ever seen. At least I'm hoping that that's what we see. And this is something that I've been meaning to talk about at one point or another over the last, like, week. With what the Chiefs did in the draft, and giving Bob Sutton all of these pieces, and, and trying to, to reload his bandolier, because last year they, they said very fervently that the defense, the defense was not bad because of Bob Sutton. It was bad because of not having good enough players. And I actually I think this is something that, uh, that Seth Kaiser just wrote about on The Athletic. And I haven't even had a chance to read that yet. Um, but, but pointing out the, you know, the places you can see that this wasn't all on Sutton. He had some gifts that I did see of guys being out of place. Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Daniel Sorensen just not doing their job, their apparent job in a, a defensive situation that ended up costing the Chiefs, especially in the Titans game. Bob Sutton is getting a, a, a huge reloading of players. And the Chiefs drafted four guys in these sub-packages. F-O-R, not F-O-U-R. Although, 
arguably also F O U R. But they they drafted they drafted these guys to play in these sub packages. Dorian O'Daniel is is a really versatile player that you know is either uh, a little bit of a is either a big safety who can't backpedal very well or he's a you know a freakish linebacker that that is sized up more like uh, Cam Chancellor. And Armani Watts, we've talked about over and over how he fits, and he needs this and this, but he, he can't be these things, but if he can do this thing, well, that's what Bob Sutton is there to do. He's getting these players for situations. And the versatility that we can expect from this team and, and from Sutton in this defense, I think is is also a part of what the Chiefs did today. I don't know if we can really answer questions about defensive line depth because what the defensive line looks like is going to change based on situations. And if the Chiefs decide that there are times they want to have four guys at the line, I don't say down linemen because that's unlikely, even though 4-3 you know, is one of the obvious like traditional defensive base packages. The Chiefs can put Chris Jones and Allen Bailey in the middle of, a, of an offensive line and then let guys like Tano Passigno and Breland Speaks each take an edge. And that's your that's your the front of your quote unquote four three. You can leave Hitchens in the middle and then leave Houston on the field and leave D Ford on the field. That's not really a four three defense like anyone would ever draw it up. You're going very light and very fast, and will it work? I don't know. It depends on the matchups and the situation. Is it a passing down? This makes sense. Does it make sense in a rundown? Absolutely not. Those are the types of things that I expect to see from Bob Sutton. And so with this move today, Cudenius Rochez saying this is not worth a $2 million investment. He's not going to see the field in these sub-packages. And if he does see the field, it's going to be rotating through in this and this, which, you know, these are packages that don't don't make it very often, or these are packages where where Naughty and Williams are both ahead of him on the depth chart. I have to imagine that's the mindset of Sutton and Reed and Veach. I imagine they they had the, the Nunez Rochez meeting to ask, where does he see the field? Is he expendable now? Yeah, he really is. Okay, is it worth $2 million to go ahead and cut him? Yes, it is. All right, let's do it. So, I think that makes sense. It was a surprise when it happened, but the more that that I've unpacked it and and thought through the things that we never even got to last week, talking about, you know, how this defense is going to be a a really, going to put a huge spotlight on Bob Sutton, I think this fits into that larger conversation. The next question becomes, all right, so if you've convinced me of the logic of that, maybe I have, maybe I haven't convinced you, but all right, so let's say you've convinced me of the logic or either way, it's just happened. Why did the Chiefs do that as far as a $2 million cap clearance? Well, they can have money they don't spend this year, roll over in the next year. And an extra $2 million next year is the price to keep Xavier Williams. Xavier Williams next year is making about $2 million more than he's making this year. So if you, by cutting, if 
by cutting uh, Nunez Rochez today. You can hold on to Williams next year, and that's how your defense is building on the middle with Williams and Nani. Then great. Or you use that $2 million in any number of ways next year, and you try to create a little more space. Great. Something I talked with, uh, with Cody Tapp about uh, a lot this offseason, back before the draft and everything, before free agency, frankly, before Sammy Watkins, actually. But what the Chiefs did this offseason does make me doubt that they're really planning on trying to roll a lot of money over. Because they have spent. Now, some of this is, is already spent money, essentially. And right now, according to according to uh, Over the Cap, not I'm adding right now the quick math of uh, after cutting Nunez Rochez, they have about $9 million in cap space. If they just go through the season with $9 million of cap space and roll it all over the next year, that's a player. Like this year, $9 million is D Ford. Alan Bailey is eight. Watkins is eight, but he's going to be much more than that next year. But this year specifically, that's what those guys make. Or it's Daniel Sorensen plus Patrick Mahomes, which is funny. Those are just the two guys next to each other. Very different outlooks, I would say. So if it's just if it's just adding to what they can roll over in the next year, I don't hate that. The, the Chiefs made some moves and didn't make some moves this offseason. That makes me wonder exactly what their plan is for the 2018 season and their goals, how to how much they're going to compete and everything. Next segment, we'll talk about um, uh, an ESPN power ranking that has the Chiefs in a place that will tell you if, the, if they think the Chiefs are trying to contend this year or not. Uh, and it's, it's power ranking talk is kind of fun. Until it's not. It's fun whenever there isn't actual stuff happening. Whenever you're... like Power rankings, like, right before training camp, or during training camp, not interested. Power rankings on May 8th? Yes, please. Shoot them into my veins. But so they could be doing that, or they could be freeing up a couple more million dollars to go add something somewhere. The position of need is obviously corner. We've talked a little bit uh, also this offseason, even just since the draft, about well, what could the Chiefs actually do. And there's the former Saints corner, and then there's the the guy that signed with I think it was the Pan- or the uh, the Ravens for a moment, and then didn't clear the physical, and then ended up going back to free agency. And we don't know where that is. And every every free agent cornerback at this point is either a, an injury liability or not that good of a player. I don't think they're going to go add Eric Reed at this point. I, I think that the logic for Armani Watts makes a lot of sense. Um, and maybe we're maybe we're probably overbuying into that. If they go, do go sign Eric Reed, I would not complain one bit. Now he's suing the league and I don't know, Trey Boston, whatever. Uh, Eric Reed makes more sense. And, and Seth Kaiser has written and talked at great length about that. Um, they could try to spend money somewhere this this uh, off season still, if they want to use the space they've created. But on what? They could get six million dollars more in space on Allen Bailey. It would cost two million dead cap space. They need to replace a starter. I wouldn't do that, but they could. Daniel Sorensen could free up four point three for a million. I would consider that, and they might. If that's the if you're just trying to free up some space, then yeah, go for it. If, you, if you're gonna roll it over, go for it. If there's someone specific in mind, it would have to, like 
it would have to be a trade situation, and that would have probably happened during the draft. That's when kind of you're at the, the hot stove time in the NFL as far as trades and everything. So basically what I'm here to say is that if, if there's something that the Chiefs are going to be doing, it's going to be a surprise, or it's going to be small, or it's going to be nothing. And if it is nothing, don't freak out because they're trying to roll some money over in the next year kind of makes sense. BG, you said something in the ear earlier. I could not understand what you were saying. What did you say? Uh, we got a bunch of comments. There's one that's kind of relevant to the topic, though, so I'll just read that for now. Uh, Marshall says... Do you want to save it before we come back from break? We, have, we tease a comment? Just read it, I guess. Okay. Marshall says, uh, Raheem Nunez Rochez was a player you could keep on the field when a team is going no huddle and not get burned. Xavier and Naughty, not so much. That's true, but the, I think the Chiefs think they have more of that versatility uh, elsewhere. If you're if you're in a place when you can't you can't keep a guy on the field, you've got another dearth of issues. That's true about Nunez Rochez, but I imagine that that at this point the plan is to be able to have a sub package out there. So whenever you're in one of those situations, you have the guys out there that you want. Um, but that's something we're going to have to see how they piece it together. It's a good point. Uh, it's also something where I just, I, I, the Chiefs don't have a a pass rusher in the middle of the defense right now, which also you know isn't necessarily the the normal or obvious thing to have there. It's easier to find yourself a, a couple run stuffers, and the Chiefs have a couple run stuffers now. It's also something that they they got burnt on. If the Chiefs are going to get uh, pressure this year, it seems like they're telling themselves it's going to be from the edge or it's going to be from the inside using some of these guys creatively, Speaks and, and, and Passigno and all of that. So, right, We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, we'll uh, check out your comments. You can leave them on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash ESPN Kansas City, uh, or you can tweet me at JB Briscoe. Also, Power Ranking Talk. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Uh, one thing that I think I think you just misspoke on, uh, around here, we refer to Patrick Mahomes by his full name, which is one of the best football players ever, according to Brett Veach. Patrick Mahomes. I just, I, th- I don't know if you just sort of like glossed over that. On fifteen ten a.m., ninety four point five FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. He does already have a nickname. I forgot about that. Yeah, we already gave him one. Um, the Chiefs signed and released a bunch of rookie free agents. There's also guys currently on the roster or that were on the roster that have uh, been moved. With, I'll give you in a second. Uh, the only thing on the rookies they've signed or released is that uh, they signed someone named Jordan Smallwood and released someone named Prince Charles uh, Iwara. So really a step backwards. Just losing all the good names. We lost Prince Charles and gained Smallwood. Not a great day. No. Uh, but the Chiefs did make a couple of moves. I have too many tabs open. Oh, there it is. Here we go. And news. Uh, the guy that the Chiefs cut that is of note is Akeem Hunt. Uh, one of the running backs that you may remember a little bit from last year, which thins out this running back group a tiny bit. Also cut uh, Stephon Charles. And uh, they signed... Former New England, or whoa, former New England Saints, former New Orleans Saints tight end Alex Ellis. They moved? They did. Um, they actually switched names. The franchise has stayed in the same place. Can I, hold on. Just, can I hijack the show for like 10 seconds? Can I have 10 seconds before you hijack the show? Fine. We talked a little bit yesterday about maybe Colby Fleener being someone the Chiefs were interested in. Uh, they signed not that Saints tight end. What's up? Uh, PTI, lead off topic. Are the Sixers and Celtics heads? 
<laughs> that was a bad. That was a bad laugh. Whatever. It was forced. They're down three one. I'm done. Are you sure? Yes. That was ten seconds. You don't. You don't want to. Nope. I'm good. Hijack the show a nope, little longer. I'm good. Okay, if you're ha, sure. Ha, 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 ha. I think Mega Man is still my favorite Patrick Mahomes uh, nickname. It's not bad. I, it's pretty good. We or can we do better. Do like, or like Samus, another cannon-armed character. Yeah. No? I think it's a good one. Whatever. I don't need... I don't need There's shit. also like copyright infringement with that, I'm sure. Alan really... Bailey's nickname is The Hulk. I know. Can we talk about power rankings now? Yeah. Go ahead. ESPN.com put out their post-draft power rankings. Yep, get the music beards. It would have it would have been super good if you would have Oh, you had to go 32 to 1. Oh, do we? Hit the music. Number 32, the Indianapolis Colts. Oof. They dropped one after the draft. Number 31, the Cleveland Browns also dropped one after the draft. The Dolphins raised two points to 30. We're not going to read them all, but I do want to give you where the AFC West teams are. And I'll go bottom to top. I want to preserve some of the mystery here. At number 21, the first AFC West team to make an appearance, the Denver Broncos. Honestly, it feels a little bit high. They're ahead of the Ravens and Cardinals and Buccaneers. I could see all those teams being better than the Broncos. Behind the Lions and Raiders and racial slurs, those are all better teams. Also, really quickly, Mike says, Chuck down Charlie. It's pretty good. It's pretty decent. At 19 is the Oakland Raiders. I, I think this is about right. I, I think they'll be worse than the Lions. Um, so I think I'd maybe drop them to 20. But Washington and then the Texans and Seahawks, there's a line at, at 17 here. The Texans and Seahawks and 49ers and Cowboys and Titans. Two after the Titans. Those are all teams that I think are clearly better than the Raiders right now. Number 12, your Los Angeles Chargers. You know what that means. What? I haven't said the Chiefs yet. Oh, snap. So at 12 is the Chargers. They're at 33, aren't they? And that makes some sense. Number 11 is the Carolina Panthers. And then at number 10. Number 10. Your friendly neighborhood, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are 28th in total defense in 2017. Their worst finish since 2009 when they went 4-12. Which led to their becoming the first team in the common draft era since 1967 to select only defensive players in a single draft. Now, Khalil McKenzie is going to play guard, but he did play defense in college. So the Chiefs had an all-defense draft. First team to ever do it. McKenzie's obviously a little bit of a... We're just kind of... We're fudging the numbers in that one a little bit. But 10 felt high. And then I looked at... Here like here are the team... We are basically going to end up reading this whole list, but not mm-hmm. not for the reasons I you think. I think Bleacher Report had them at 10. I looked. It was like post-draft grade. I don't, I don't care about Bleacher Report. Just saying. I'm doing ESPN. Okay. I'm just... Sorry, are we on Bleacher Report Kansas City? We should change it, though. We should go to SB Nation, Kansas City. That's what we should do. Deadspin, Kansas City. That exists, right? The top nine are Eagles, Patriots, Steelers, Saints, Vikings, Rams, Jags, Falcons, Packers. 
the Chiefs shouldn't be ahead of any of those teams right now. Behind them, Panthers, Chargers, Titans, Cowboys, Niners, Seahawks, Texans, racial slurs, Raiders, Lions. There, I, I said I think there's a line where the Texans, Seahawks, Niners, Cowboys, I don't buy the Titans at all, and Chargers and Panthers could all really be shaken up and everything from the Packers above feels pretty locked in at those top nine. But this tier of like 10 to 17 feels like it could be anybody anywhere. But it's kind of interesting to get a national perspective every once in a while just to see to see what the perception is of the team in your city. And for me, I find it a little bit interesting to see that people think that the Chiefs would beat the Panthers in a head-to-head game right now. And I guess that makes sense because we don't we don't pinpoint in on the flaws of the Carolina Panthers, although those certainly exist. Right now, I look at this Chiefs team as being a, a, a team without a, a number two cornerback. Everything else is pretty settled in. You can let the music go after this song is over, Beards. The, the Chiefs have a, a huge flaw, number two corner, and we're not sure exactly what to expect from the pass rush, but that's a relatively that's a relatively short list of remaining ailments. So it, it kind of makes sense. I, I don't see the Chiefs themselves being like Veach and, and Reed. I don't see Veach and Reed themselves being terribly hell-bent on this season because they failed to address the number two cornerback spot with the kind of urgency that I think they should have. But with the roster they have and the investment they made into the offense, a good year from Patrick Mahomes would make them a top-ten team. And the Chiefs, it's really I find it really interesting that for years, the Chiefs tried to win by letting their team raise up their quarterback. That was the motto of the Alex Smith years and the motto of the Matt Castle years. What can we put around this quarterback to make this quarterback look like an elite quarterback? And now they have put a ton around Patrick Mahomes, partially because they have the value of a quarterback on a rookie contract. Drink. Add that to the drinking game. Every time I mention the value of a rookie, a quarterback on a rookie contract, just finish your drink. But by being allowed that, they've been able to invest around him plenty. Not to say that, that Mahomes is is doing this with a, a lack of weapons. He's certainly not. But they now have this quarterback that they are putting on this team. Saying, all right, you determine our ceiling. Like, in, in, a, in a good way. Alex Smith determined your ceiling in a negative way. Alex Smith gave you a cap. And I got Patrick Mahomes might as well, but right now we don't know what that is, and it seems like it's very high. Also, his floor is lower. Alex Smith had just more consistency. Yeah, they, and they've yeah. tried that for a long time. You, for the most part, knew what you were going to get. There were occasional dips, but not many. And there were occasional surges, but yeah. not many. And even the extremes weren't that extreme. Now they're doing it 
differently, and I don't think that they're even uncomfortable with this. I think they found the guy that they wanted to to, to have that change and change in philosophy with, and I'm glad it's Patrick Mahomes. I, I think this is the the time and way and place to do that. But it's something that we have to keep in mind whenever we're talking about this team. And it's something that I, I honestly think I revert on ever so often. We look at them having a a problem with their, with their second corner, and I translate that as, well, this is the place this team's going to end up losing a few of these games, and they're going to miss the playoffs that way. If Patrick Mahomes plays really, really well, that second cornerback spot's not going to be that big of a deal. It'll matter. It could still cost a game. It'll still definitely cost some big plays. But if Mahomes is, like, great, then that second cornerback spot's not going to matter. If you would have if you would have given me the, the Packers roster at any point from the last several years... If that if that would have been the thing that I was picking apart now for Mahomes' first season, I would be I would be tearing my hair out, going, "How is any quarterback supposed to win with this team?" And Aaron Rodgers has still been great. Now, like the the limits of the Packers roster of the last couple of years has actually limited Rodgers, but not even on like a divisional level. If Aaron Rodgers is on the field, the Packers are going to win the division. Or at least be a playoff team. And that's with like that's with malpractice around him. The Chiefs have a really good roster with a couple of holes. Number two corner scares me. Like desperately. The number two safety spot, a bit of a concern. But those would be bigger issues with a quarterback with very little variance. Those would be bigger issues if you had to have a perfect game to have a Super Bowl winning team. If you have a great quarterback, especially a great quarterback on a rookie contract, you aren't so cornered into having a perfect game everywhere else. And that's a that's a freedom that you hope Patrick Mahomes can lend to you. And I think that plays into what we expect. I, I I still don't think that this is a team that's in the in the top nine because nine is the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. But let's just let's play let's play a game. You wanna play a game? Let's play a game. What would the Chiefs be ranked if they just had if they had literal Aaron Rodgers? Actual Aaron Rodgers back from injury, not hampered by it. Actually, Aaron Rodgers. I think it'd be three, at least. Eagles and Patriots at one, two. Maybe higher, honestly. I, you have, you have, I, I, even, I still am afraid from of the Patriots. But I wouldn't be if I had Aaron Rodgers in this roster. They're probably two. The Chiefs with actual Aaron Rodgers are probably the second... Best team in football right now behind the Super Bowl champions, and they have more question marks because their quarterback is Carson Wentz, who looked really good, but also I have some questions about. Maybe they're one. 
with actual Aaron Rodgers. The, Aaron Rodgers has never had an offense this talented around him, ever. The defense has been overhauled, fingers crossed, I guess. But if they have actual Aaron Rodgers, they're, they're one or two or maybe three. If they have, let's see, how can this how can this be the worst case scenario? If they have Blake Bortles, how far do they drop? If they have, well, if they have Case Keenum, how far do they drop? Like the 20s, 25. That's why this is, that's why this season is going to be, could be any number of things. And I think that's, I think that's fun. And right now I would, bet on the Chiefs having something closer to Aaron Rodgers than to Blake Bortles, but that's like, that's a terrifying proposition. Seamus says they do have a younger, or they do have Aaron Rodgers, a younger version. And cheaper, significantly cheaper also. The Chiefs have a very fun and interesting quarterback situation. The, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have an interesting quarterback conversation. Not necessarily good. It's a very tense quarterback room, I imagine. We'll talk about that next. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Gonna compare Patrick Mahomes to every other team's backup quarterback. God, do I know every team's backup quarterback? Let's find out. Let's find out! On 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. All right, so Ben Roethlisberger hates his team, right? This is a story that that popped up over the weekend. We never just never got to it yesterday, and it's we were too busy talking about being asked around downtown Kansas City if I was a swinger. If Renan and I are both swingers, I guess accurately enough. And if that doesn't mean anything to you, go listen to the first hour of the Almost Entirely Sports podcast for Monday. I'm guessing that a good amount of people just heard me say that I was... Well, you heard me. Go listen to the first hour of yesterday's show. I don't want to, like, spoil the ending. Just go listen to it. Go listen to it as a work of art that it was. But Ben Roethlisberger is just angry with the Steelers at this point. With like a, there are like a thousand layers of this that I think are hilarious. This is because the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round of the NFL draft. And uh, Mason Rudolph appears to be like the quarterback of the future in Pittsburgh. But they did draft Josh, uh, Josh Dobbs in the fourth round last year. But since then, Roethlisberger's been on a, on a Pittsburgh radio station and talked about what he thought about that move from the Steelers. He gave out a bunch of quotes. You've probably seen it at this point. But the thing in there that I thought was the most interesting is that he said he plans to play for the next three to five years. There are two follow-ups to that, I think. One, well, he probably isn't going to play for the next three to five years. That's probably not going to happen. He's not aging like Tom Brady who will just continue to hover above the field until he no longer wants to play football. Tom Brady will be here beyond the last other living human being. But two, where has that been? 
Ben Roethlisberger has spent every offseason for the last two or three years talking about how he's contemplating retirement, and the second they, they, they draft a guy that could eventually push him out, or at least be an option for when he does go, then he comes through and says, yeah, I'm going to be the next three to five years. If this is what it took for the Steelers to get him to say that out loud, then this pick makes all the sense in the world. Because no one knew. And even if the Steelers did know that Roethlisberger was thinking that thinking that way or had said that to them, I'm still not convinced. I'm still not convinced that would have been accepted by the front office, believed by the front office. And if Ben Roethlisberger really does want to play the next three to five years, I think we're going to end up in one of those uncomfortable situations where you watch Brett Favre age poorly. On different teams? Maybe. Maybe. My inclination would be that the Steelers would give Roethlisberger one season too many, and then Roethlisberger would retire after a bad season. Kind of like the or something. lifetime achievement thing where you just keep him around for too long. Just because yeah, he's or, their just, guy. And even just the idea that, it, you know, the season before was okay. He was fine. He still been Roethlisberger, but man, I'm worried. And then throughout that season, you sort of just see his obvious decline. But I don't know. He also, maybe he's a, he's a monster. Honestly, like five years from now, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't scare me, but it probably should. I'm rooting for Mason Rudolph to take over as soon as humanly possible. I'm ready for Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady to both retire. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe on ESPN Kansas City. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.